Okay, we're going to get into today's message. I titled today's message, The People in Darkness Have Seen a Great Light. We live in a world today where you can go online or the news station will play and it always seems that there's something dark happening. If they can't get us worked up about the politics, there's news of someone losing their life or something you know, terrible happening. And that darkness can become heavy, that darkness can get into people. And today we want to talk about a great light from Bible times and that is effective in our day and age. A great light that dispels the darkness. Isaiah 9 verse 2 says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You see, it doesn't get much darker than it was at this time for Israel. It was a darkness that was deep. It was a darkness that was like the shadow of death. The darkness we're going to talk about today is possibly a little different than just there's no light. We're going to talk about something a little more than that, and the good news is we're going to get to the light at the end of the message. So what kind of darkness are we talking about? Isaiah 60 and verse 2 says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen on you. What is deep darkness? When you hear those words, it doesn't bring you any joy, does it? When you hear that, you probably think, oh my goodness, what is this about? You see, the darkness we're talking about is not necessarily just around, but a darkness that can get inside. And if you have ever struggled with depression or fear, or possibly even spiritual dreams of darkness, you know what I'm talking about today. And it's deep and it's real. And he's talking about this kind of darkness, but he says the Lord has a solution. So I am going to do my best today to help you see what that solution is. Because I don't believe that the Lord wants anybody to live with darkness. I believe he wants his people to shine bright. John 3 verse 19 says, this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. The darkness we're talking about could be depression. The darkness we're talking about could be evil. Just evil things going on in the world. And it's dark. Psalm 107 verse 10 says some sat in darkness in deepest gloom imprisoned in iron chains of misery. Some translations say the shadow of death. You see the darkness that the enemy wants to put on people is ugly. It's evil. It could be a bondage of sin, or it could simply be that he's lying to you until you have 
a deep, dark depression. You see, Scripture says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy we're talking about is Satan. He does not want people to live in joy. He doesn't want people to live life to the full. Jesus said, I've come that you might live life and that you might have it abundantly. You see, the difference in the two. So I can tell you today, living in darkness or gloom is not living abundantly. And of course, anybody who's been there knows exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe the enemy has lied to you because I find this is the most common form of darkness for us. Yes, maybe someone's in bondage to sin and they want to get free from that and the Lord can set them free. Maybe somebody's had an evil thought and they can get prayer and they can be okay. But the most common type of darkness I see right now in our communities is this gloom or misery. We would call it depression or possibly even a spirit of suicide. This is a real darkness that people battle with. And I have good news for you. There is a solution. You see, the darkness that Scripture mentions here is evil, death, depression, and no hope. When people lose hope, they lose reason to live. When people lose hope for a better day, they give up. And church, that is darkness. Maybe you've heard his lies. Maybe you've had that thought come and you just thought it was your own thought. That thought that says you're no good. You're not going to accomplish nothing. Nobody likes you. You know what? The same lies you hear, probably everybody in this room has heard them. You're going to fail. Who's ever heard that lie? You're ugly. Has anybody ever heard that lie? Sure, whatever lie that he can expect you to believe to bring you down, he'll send it. He knows where you struggle, and he'll send the one that works against you. You've got a hardworking spouse that puts lots of hours, so what's the lie he's going to give you? They don't love you. That's why they're never here. That's a lie. Don't believe him. You see, the lie isn't what defeats you. Believing the lie is what defeats you. Believing the lie is what takes you deep down into the dark. You need to refuse to believe it. And you can do that when you know what this word says about you. When you know what this word says, what God says about you. Well, that's enough about the darkness. I want to get to the better part. And what is this great light he was talking about that would defeat the darkness? Of course, we know in the natural, when it's dark and you turn on a light, the darkness is completely gone, isn't it? We know that when the sun comes up, the darkness leaves. But this is a picture for us to understand what he's talking about here. So what is the light? I've already told you what the darkness is. What is the light? Ephesians 5 and verse 8. For there was once darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. 
But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Jesus Christ will bring light to dispel the darkness. John chapter 1 and verse 4 says it like this. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The word is Jesus, in case anybody's wondering. So we can say Jesus gave life to everything. And his life brought light. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Did you hear that, church? Darkness cannot extinguish the light of Jesus. It cannot. They can't tell you anything that can extinguish it. They can't do anything to you that can extinguish it. That light of Jesus will not be extinguished. That should give you hope. There's not a day coming where all of a sudden you'll be completely defeated. No. If you allow his light to be in you, you can rise above, you can walk over any issue, any problem, any circumstance, and you can do it with a smile. John 8 and verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The scripture interchanges those two words, light and life, light and life. Because truly the light that he gives brings you life. You see, to live in deep darkness is really not living at all. It is the opposite of light and life. Too many times people live Barely surviving because of darkness, deepness, gloom. And boy, the enemy loves that. He loves to see people there. But Jesus is saying, no, come over here. I've got a good life for you. He has got a great life for you. A life filled with light. So how does that light Defeat our darkness. How do we allow that? Maybe you know somebody or maybe yourself, you struggle with this deep gloominess or this depression or possibly even fear. Did you know that fear is a darkness? Anybody when you're a kid, were you afraid of the dark? They're like, I'm not putting my hand up. What if he turns the lights out? (laughs) I'm not gonna. Maybe some of you still are. You thought there was something under your bed. When you're a kid, (gasps) don't look under there, it's dark. (laughs) Fear is a darkness that the Lord Jesus wants to take from you. He doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want you to live in fear of tomorrow or what's going to happen when you go for a drive or what's going to happen. You know, fear is not living in light. So I just wanted to bring that as we continue. Psalm 107, verse 13 Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. 
Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars into two. I have read that scripture to you because I'm saying, okay, how do I let this light of Jesus come into me and change what I'm feeling, change where I'm at? The first thing, you just need to ask him. It's called prayer, talking to him, asking him, Lord, can you come and deal with this? You invite him. See, the Lord Jesus doesn't force himself on anybody. He doesn't walk around, boy, you're having troubles. You need me. I'm coming in and I'm just doing what I want. That's not how it works. He waits to be invited. Scripture says he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone wants, they can let him in. But he doesn't push the door down and come in. If you're sitting, getting angry and saying, boy, why doesn't God do something? He's waiting for you to invite him. That's how he does it. So make sure and talk to him. Ask him. Acts 26 and verse 13. Paul is talking to the king and he's telling them about his experience with Jesus and the light. He says, it was about noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down. And I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me. And tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. He's using the image of darkness to talk about the power of Satan and the image of light to talk about God. Church, we need that light. Then they will receive the forgiveness of their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Jesus is the light. He wants to give us this light. And he gave it to us, made it available by dying on a cross in our place, by taking our punishment, by paying the price that we should have paid. He makes available to us forgiveness from sin, taking that load and that darkness from us. By dying on that cross, he makes a way for us to be set free from bondage. He makes a way for us to live life. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Church, this is where hope comes from. Because it is not dependent on you. Maybe you're here today and you are discouraged because you feel like you have failed. And you have failed again. And maybe you're thinking it is hopeless. I have good news for you. There is hope. The Lord Jesus did it because you couldn't. The Lord Jesus did it because I couldn't. And he did it to bring you life, abundant life. That price he paid, he paid it once, and he paid it for all. 
And each and every one of us has the opportunity to receive it. I want to take a minute today and read to you the actual Easter story the way Peter may have experienced it. Maybe some of you, if you know your Bibles, Peter was a strong-willed individual who followed Christ, and he made some mistakes. But I think this might be how the Easter story looked to him. He sat crunched in the dark corner, half sitting, half lying down. The heaviness and confusion he felt right now was overwhelming. Darkness still filled the room in the early hours of the morning. There were no candles, there were no fires. They were hiding. There was a group of them and they were hiding because they did not want the religious leaders of the Romans to find them and kill them like they had done to Jesus only three days ago. A couple of the ladies had left before daylight to go take spices to his tomb. It was over. He was gone. Peter didn't think it was safe to go out and do something like that, but he wasn't going with them. And just maybe the Romans really wouldn't harm some crying women. He hadn't slept for days now. It was impossible. And yet only a handful of days earlier, his problem had been the exact opposite. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and some of the other close followers. And Jesus said, can you pray with me? And Peter remembers he couldn't stay awake. And Jesus woke him up, not once, not just twice. And finally, out of that deep, dark sleep, in the pitch blackness in the garden, Jesus woke him up again and said, get up. The person who's going to betray me is here. Peter jumped to his feet and thought, I'm going to fight. I'll protect him. There was a mob of people with torches and swords coming for Jesus. Peter can remember it. And he lunged with his sword and cut someone's ear off. And he could still hear Jesus' voice. Peter, put your sword down. And Jesus reached and healed the ear as he looked at his followers and said, I'm not asking you to fight. Peter ran just like all the other disciples, every one of them running into the darkness. Hope gone. What's happening? Why? But as Peter sat in that dark room remembering, he thought to himself, I wasn't just going to leave him. I had a plan. And he remembered hanging out on the outskirts watching Jesus. Maybe there'd be an opportunity to help him escape. Yet even now, the shame he felt was overwhelming. The darkness of the room was nothing compared to this feeling of how he had failed Jesus. Because as he watched with great intention, people recognized him. I said, aren't you one of those followers of Jesus? And he did the thing he said he'd never do. He remembered telling Jesus to his face, I will never deny you. They can kill me. And yet he did. He looked at them and said, I don't know him. 
And again, no, you got me mixed up with someone else. I don't know this guy. And finally, swearing by the Lord himself, I have no clue who this guy is. The darkness was more than he could handle. Most of what he remembered after that was nothing more than a depressing blur. The shame, the confusion. He remembered them taking Jesus and whipping him, beating him. They took him to that hill of Golgotha and they nailed him to the cross. And even as he sat there that morning in the room, he could hear the sound of the hammer beating the nails through his hands and feet. Jesus hung there on that cross. And he'll never forget what happened at noon that day. It became pitch dark. An evil, eerie darkness covered the land as Jesus hung there. And it made the darkness inside feel even worse. And Peter thought maybe, just maybe, he would come off that cross. Maybe. But then through the darkness, he heard Jesus' voice. And it wasn't what he wanted to hear. Jesus in great pain, saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the words that he'll never forget. As Christ said, it is finished. They took his body from that cross and they laid it in a tomb. And they sealed that tomb with a stone and put guards around it. As Peter sat there in that room, all he could think is, it's over. He didn't know, should he grieve or should he hope? Others around him were grieving. It had been three days. He felt all hope was gone, but for some reason, he couldn't grieve. He'd been sitting in the corner of the room for some time, and he realized daylight was beginning to chase the darkness. And then he heard the commotion at the door. He thought to himself, is it the Romans? Have they found us? And then he saw, no, it was the women. The women who had gone to the tomb. But why were they being so loud? And then he heard this. Mary, with an excited voice, almost weeping, said, we went to the tomb. The stone was rolled away. And his body isn't there. Peter jumped from where he was sitting and began to run. He didn't want to just hear it from somebody else. He wanted to see it. And he began to run to that tomb. And John ran beside him and even ahead. But as John got to the tomb, he stopped. He wouldn't go in. Peter said, I'm going in. He went into the tomb and there it was, exactly as the women had said. There were grave clothes that had been wrapped around him laying there. There was the napkin that had been wrapped around his head and it was folded neatly placed. Peter stood in complete awe, shocked by what he saw. 
he's Jesus. His Savior was no longer there. He thought about it and hope began to come alive. Light began to come in where darkness had almost defeated him. He ran back to those same disciples and said, It's true, just like the women said. And as they talked, all of a sudden, Jesus himself entered the room. A glorified Jesus, bright and alive. And Peter would never, ever again go back to that dark place because the light of Jesus was real to him once and for all. Church, Jesus made a way for you and I to live above the darkness, to live with light and life no matter what is going on around us, no matter what. Do you understand his light cannot be taken from you? They sang about it. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Even if you lost your life, the light would be with you and you'd be in eternity with him. That is reason to hope. That is reason to live. So how does that become real for you? Maybe you're here today and you've never had the opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your life. We call that being saved or having your sins forgiven. The scripture says that if you say it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, Jesus comes, forgives you, and saves you. And I believe he brings in the life and the light at that moment. And he wants that light to grow until it overflows you and you become light to those around you. We want to give you opportunity today to have that reality begin in your life. So maybe you're here today and you've never prayed that and you want to pray and ask Christ to forgive you and come into your life. I'm going to ask you to repeat a simple prayer after me. And I'm going to ask really everybody to join in because we're not trying to embarrass anybody or single anybody out. But if that's you today... I just want you to pray with me. So let's bow right where we're seated and repeat this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. Fill me with your light. Amen. For the rest that are sitting here, I just want to pray over you that if there is any darkness, that it would leave. Because I understand something, that even a believer can be lied to or go through some hurtful things that bring in a heaviness and a darkness, and we need to pray for that, okay? And I don't want anybody here to feel bad. If you're a believer and you're just, the weight of heaviness is unbearable, it just means the enemy's been beating you up. And we're not going to take that. We're going to stand with you, Okay? So let's pray right now. Just bow again. Lord, I thank you for this group. Every one of them. Every one of them is here for a purpose. And Lord, we just say that your light would overflow your people. Lord, wherever there is darkness, a heaviness, or a hopelessness, we command that lie to be broken. 
We say hope be restored. We say joy be restored right now in Jesus' name. As I'm praying, I felt that this morning there's more than one person. You feel that it is hopeless, that there's no hope for your situation. You actually have given up. And you felt like, I don't even care anymore. But I hear the Lord say, there is still hope. Give it to me and watch what I can do. So Lord, we give it to you, whatever the situation is. If it's a relationship, we give it to you. If it's a business, we give it to you. If it's a family member, we give them to you. Hope restored. Light break out in your people. In Jesus' name, amen.